0: Hey there, welcome to the MindCheck podcast. This episode may contain information that some listeners may find disturbing. Your discretion is truly advised. We'll get started straight after this. Enjoy.
1: Um, you could call drinking and porting a high maintenance mechanism. Not that it's difficult to do, but it's expensive if you think about it while you could also take another thing like reading as a high maintenance mechanism because it actually takes time it takes concentration but is cheaper than let's say going every weekend and drinking and all of that like it depends on the control you're using are you looking at it financially or are you looking at it in terms of like efforts and concentration
2: it's a consistent work in progress have friends to keep you accountable be there for yourself as well like anytime you find yourself slipping like don't strive for perfection just strive to be better
0: hello there mind shakers
3: welcome to another episode of the mind Shake podcast this podcast has been developing and growing beyond our expectations
0: we would really like to thank you that's all we hope you enjoyed today's episode Warm and humble greetings. Welcome back to season three of Mind Shack. It's your girl, Gumbo. You know I'm back for another season. Today is episode three, and we'll be tackling coping mechanisms. Trials and tribulations are inevitable. However, we can regulate and we can endure through these problems. There's a wide range of healthy and effective coping mechanisms and a fair share of harmful ones. This episode will discuss the best suitable coping mechanisms for the longevity and prosperity of Africans. And of course, I'm joined with the amazing and phenomenal JC. How are you feeling? And would you like to introduce our first guest?
3: Hey, Rudo. thank you so much. You're always gassing me up. Thank you. Um, so our first guest, firstly, I just want to say I'm pretty excited for the episode because I'm all about like life efficiencies, hacks, and the sorts. So it's important because we're particularly talking about, you know, I don't know if you've mentioned, but I'll allow you to mention what we're talking about is important to keep in mind as a conscious thought and to have a relationship with. So I'm really excited to get into that with the guests we have. And the guest that I'm going to introduce is a dear friend of mine and us in the podcast. He's a Senegalese Cameroonian student in second year business management at African leadership college slash university. He's uh, got a little bit of experience being in um, basically classes and situations where he's had to move a lot as well as like deal with schooling with older peers, et cetera. So he's kind of coming here to share his views on coping mechanisms. This is a man by the name Orange Debbie Long. Orange, do you wanna share why you decided to join us today?
1: No, I just, I like the work Mindshack does. You guys tackle topics that we don't often talk about like that in public. So that's why I wanted to talk and I'm very happy to be invited.
0: Amazing. We have another phenomenal guest. She goes by Miss Savannah Olo. Savannah Olo is a Kenyan in fourth year computing at the African Leadership University. She's a wellness advocate. She is the host of the ALU podcast. She's a digital content strategist, a love of food and good vibes. Welcome Savannah. How are you feeling today?
2: Thank you so much. Um, I'm I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to see what we're going to talk about and like you know just tackle things that have to do with wellness and just growing personal growth and all that good stuff Yeah.
0: Amazing. Thanks for that. And with that being said, let's go straight into it. So coping mechanisms are typically a manner of confronting a stressful situation and dealing with it. Savannah, how do you distinguish between a healthy and an unhealthy coping mechanism?
2: So I don't want to start off on like the wrong question or anything, but I tend to think that unhealthy coping mechanisms tend to feel good in the moment and then have a negative long-term effect. So think of it like um, smoking. You feel the high or the head rush now, even though you may be or are not aware of the effects that it may have in the long-term, at the end of the day, you still suffer. So it's feel good now, bad effects later. Whereas like healthy coping mechanisms are more sustainable. They show you some tough love at first, but then like you realize why you had to go through it in the first place.
3: I have a question that I'm going to pose to Anj. Tell us a little bit of your personal experience. I think i also pose this question over to um, Savannah after you. How are you personally navigating any unhealthy mechanisms? Are there any, maybe put in like top three mechanisms that you would give for someone who's a beginner or just like just someone who's going
1: through that sort of journey? From my own experience, I've dealt both with like the positive ones and the negative ones. You know, when you are younger and then, you just follow the group or stuff like that and you start having like problems that just come over your head you th- usually tend to look for the easiest way to like forget about like the wrong things are happening or like just to think about something else so you start to get into stuff like uh you know partying too much um and stuff like that just to be able to like handle handle it but i also use good coping mechanisms. For example, I write poetry and I read it also. And that has affected me positively. So I think that um, if, you ha- if you choose the right coping mechanism, you can actually greatly improve your life. But if you choose the wrong ones, you can damage your health, damage your relationships. And in-, in the long run, just feel bad about yourself about that sometimes.
3: Yeah, definitely follow. And then it kind of poses a question in mind as a follow-up. How do you know it's working? How do you know? Sometimes self-awareness is like short-term gratification and I think Savannah kind of touched on that and then will probably lead to like bigger, long-term challenges. So how do you know it's working?
1: I feel like the way you can know if it's working or not is when you actually do regular checkups about your life. Like regularly check and look at the improvement you made over a period of time. For example, like the poetry actually helped me relax and be less stressed. When I look at myself, like a few years back, I was always stressed. I was frequently angry, but the fact of reading and writing what I'm feeling on a paper uh, makes me feel better. And when I when I compare myself before and now, I feel really better about myself. So yeah, I think you need to check it up regularly and not be like, okay, I, f- I like it, so it's, it works.
0: And Savannah, for you, are there any top three mechanisms do you, that you recommend for anyone going through something right now?
2: I tend to think catching yourself before you do something. So it's a very small window between um, thinking about what you're doing and actually doing it. And personally for me, my my negative coping mechanism is just to be impulsive, right? So in those scenarios or those situations, I look at myself and just try to breathe laugh about it if it's such a negative situation or just say one positive thing about the situation so yeah I tend to think through those three things as soon as you know something overwhelms me or you know is overbearing for me in a certain you know space.
0: I like your second point humor is definitely a great cure to many things Uh, but like to you again Savannah do you think there are any coping mechanisms that are exclusive to Africans? Seeing that we culturally have different challenges, you could mention, you know, the hard traditions that are enforced, sometimes imposed, Afrophobia that we experience, even racism. Uh, Do you think there are any coping mechanisms exclusive for us?
2: I wouldn't say absolutely not, but I, I tend to think no, because I feel like coping mechanisms have been adopted in like several various cultures around the world. We just have different problems, if you get what I mean. I said the thing that people who are traditionalists in a sense um, tend to project, um, self-medicate, live in denial, or, you know, dissociate from certain situations. So by that, I would mean like, when you're talking about projections, like, because a perfect example would be like our parents, because they didn't live the life that we live right now. They want you to face the same fate that they did. A perfect example is like, you know, you hear stories of, you know, I used to walk 100 kilometers to go to school and, you know, you're here and you're being driven to school. You don't even understand the struggle. Da, 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 da. I, I find it, in a, in a, in a sense, um, projection of something that they wanted to have but didn't have. And because you have it, it's like, where do they get to have it, you know? But I'm not saying that all parents are like that. I'm just saying that we hear a lot of these stories when we're growing up. And then when you look at um, self-medicating, let's look at the party culture. Um, Anj mentioned it, like when you're stressed out, you want to party too much, like drink too much. Um, a perfect example would be like Kenya. I come from a country where the smallest thing that can happen and immediately you want to buy a bottle, something good, something bad, something stressful. You, there always has to be a bottle involved. And, you know, it, it, you find it so hard to socialize without alcohol in the room, you know. And you see people partying their problems away because they don't want to face them head on. And then we talk about denial and you like selectively ignore information or situations because ignorance is bliss at the end of the day, you know? So it creates a false sense of security, which is actually not a sustainable way to (laughs) live. And then lastly, like dissociation. So you basically don't have words to express or articulate your situation. So you say things like this doesn't happen to me or, this can't happen to me. Or like you think of like Asian cultures, or African cultures, when you talk about being depressed, they're like, we're black. That doesn't happen to us, you know? So you're basically running away from the overwhelming feeling you're getting from your experience. So I don't think um, these specific coping mechanisms are exclusive to Africans, but the problems that we have are unique to the African people.
0: Yeah, you're making... (laughs) Perfect sense. Thank you for that. And, you know, you mentioned denial and it made me think of the show that I'm watching on Netflix called New Amsterdam. And by the way, everyone should watch it. it has so many life lessons. And yeah, I completely watch family. it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There's this Asian family or well, mother and daughter and the, the, the Asian daughter has depression, but she is afraid to speak about it because she knows her, her mother or her parents won't ever condone it or ever will pay for any type of therapy. So it's quite interesting to see how Africans or other, you know, minority, not ma- majority groups actually um, treat basically tough situations.
3: Okay. So with that said, I'm going to take a slight shift in the conversation, posing a question to Anj. In your opinion, Anj, I just want you to speak on high maintenance and coping mechanisms. So question is, in your opinion, which mechanism is more high maintenance from what you spoke about in your experience personally? Um As a little preface, could this like contribute to why most gravitate to a certain mechanism? So um, for instance, you know, what was mentioned when
1: it comes to drinking and stress, the two coming hand to hand. Um, Actually, I think that it depends on how you look at it. Um, You could call drinking and partying a high maintenance mechanism. Not that it's difficult to do, but it's expensive if you think about it. While you could also take another thing like reading as a high maintenance mechanism, because it actually takes time, It takes concentration, but is cheaper than let's say going every weekend and drinking and all of that. Like it depends on the point you are using. Are you looking at it financially or are you looking at it in terms of like efforts and concentration?
2: Maybe I can add on to that. I feel his point is like completely valid, Um, but I also feel like self-medication like leads to like a whole rabbit hole of like other coping mechanisms that would necessarily be unhealthy. Uh, like the ones I mentioned earlier. So like self-medication would lead to like dissociation or denial. You want to deny that you're not addicted to alcohol or other drugs that come with it. And then like you know, when you're going through something, it's like, it can't be me. I can't be broke. Who's broke? Whose mother's broke? No, nah, it's not, it's not me. So <laughs> yeah, definitely it's high maintenance because cheap is expensive at the end of the day. If you look at like how, you know, we buy like small bottles of liquor here and there. But at the end of the day, if you add up that amount of money and amount of like effort that you put in to literally just go and get a bottle or go and get the, the drug of choice, you tend to see how much it's taking out of you and not giving back.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with your point. And um, an example I'll use is most of us university students, especially in our school in ALU, we don't realize it here most of the times. Most of my friends have noticed, but we spend high amounts of money on alcohol in one night we can chip in everyone bring like one or two bottles and you feel like, oh, it's not expensive. It's 300 rupees. But if you like total all what you spend on alcohol in a month, that could be more than half of your allowance that you are putting on that. The effort, the sheer effort of like uh, all putting money. I remember, for example, how many times did our class, we all put money together to go buy alcohol, like transport and everything. But if we say, oh, let's, money to buy food or to go to the beach or something like that no one will want to but if you actually think about it we spend way more money on alcohol and stuff like that but we still think that oh uh, alcohol is cheap
0: thank you okay this game is called would you rather you're each going to get three questions each and you're just going to have to tell us if you would do it or if you would pick option a or option b right so you're going to hear okay. the options in the question i'll I'm start scared. with you savannah don't be scared <laughs> don't be scared uh, question number one would you rather live in the white house or buckingham palace
2: i would rather live in buckingham palace i love london i absolutely love london what am i doing in the even u.s with the, even with the recent controversy around the I whole not care racism accusation. That's, that, that's their personal problem i want to be in the palace I'm a, I'm a queen by, by my own plight yeah.
0: the white house
2: in the u.s can can stay by themselves <laughs>
0: I don't blame you sis I'm also a low-key a tad bit obsessed with the monarchy so <laughs> I do not blame you uh, number two would you rather live without music or live without tv
2: live I would live without tv I, I don't remember the last time I watched tv can you remember last time you switched on a tv
0: okay Okay, maybe because
2: this specific shows on that i like but
0: then other than that i don't go to the tv i do not
2: (laughs) sometimes i sometimes i pay for netflix and i'm just like i don't understand why i pay for it because i'd watch it probably like twice in a month or something of the sort but like the days i binge i binge you know
0: (laughs) yeah i feel you that's cool Um, would you rather have oh this is a crazy one would you rather have diarrhea during your wedding ceremony or on your wedding night so that's basically like your first night of your honeymoon
2: I'd rather have it on my wedding night I mean my husband should know my ins and outs so if I'm experiencing stomach (laughs) issues let it be after he said I do
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that absolutely like on the wedding day that cannot happen that would just be a whole disaster yeah like
2: wow Whose mother? Whose white (laughs) dress? No, 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 no.
0: (laughs) Not ours. (laughs) Okay, those that's your set done. Thank you, Savannah. Um, okay, aunt, these are for you. The first one, would you rather have unlimited love or unlimited money?
1: Unlimited money, I'll buy the love with it.
0: Okay, (laughs) you buy the love. (laughs) All right, cool, cool. Interesting, interesting. Would you rather have your thoughts broadcasted so everyone basically knows what you're thinking like in the world, or would you rather never be able to wear clothes but keep your thoughts to yourself?
1: I think it is better that I become a nudist because if people know what I think,
2: We stand. We stand.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Know what I think? Nah, nah, it's not gonna be nice. I won't able. I won't be able to attend ALU because sometimes I think things about like some some people that can get me into trouble. So I better not have my thoughts broadcasted.
0: All right, that's madness. Okay, cool. (laughs) The last one. Would you rather be filthy rich but suffer depression? Or be poor
1: but happy. I'd rather be poor and happy. I'd rather be poor and happy. Because at nothing, nothing is worth being sad and depressed. At the end of the day, happiness is the most important thing. It's not about how much you made.
2: Absolutely. I agree with you. Right, and you're lying to us here. In the beginning <laughs> you said, you would rather have money to buy that love, so now you'd rather be poor and happy.
1: No, because because I know I know that the money can buy the love, but I know but happiness is not happiness and love are two different things. You see,
2: you're trying to tell me you'd rather like, um, be broke, like, let's say under, like
1: um, let's under say that a I'm dollar, broke, yeah, uh huh. But in, in in the scenario she gave me said and happy, so. In the scenario she gave, yeah, she said, and happy. So basically, I'm happy. I know in reality, I will never be happy and broke. But <laughs> it's a scenario. She said, would you rather be rich and depressed? I can't. May I know that I will not be rich and depressed? If I'm rich, I'll be happy. All
2: right. So let's do so, this. Yeah, because you'd rather be you poor, poor,
1: poor and, yeah, like and happy, give happy me the money something. that's going to make
2: you depressed. Just pass the money this way. <laughs> we'll 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 take care of it we'll take care of it (laughs) we'll take good care of it (laughs) all
0: right thank you guys for being such good participants
3: to our listener thank you thank you for all your support and feedback we see it and it's the fuel that ignites our journey please remember to like continue to give us your comments on instagram subscribe and share our podcast with at least two friends as we continue to improve your experience Enjoy the rest of the episode. Right. So, in clarification to Anj, is that why it's important coping mechanisms? Let's try. It. Let's try bundle the whole conversation together because someone might be listening and be like, I don't know. It's not really a big deal. Is that sort of some of the reasons? It's like certain outcomes come about as a result of not paying attention to your sort of stresses acting up and basically causing these things to occur?
1: Yeah, of course. If you don't pay attention to it, it can actually affect your life greatly. You could be over partying, not putting the work in your studies and all of that, not putting the work on your health, not putting the work on your mental health and all of that. Um, I know a lot of people, including me at some point in my life, I used to party to not think about the fact that I'm actually not that happy or party to be like, oh, I'm overweight, but I don't care. Let me just think about something else and have fun about it, you know? So yeah, if you don't pay attention and then you just like try to live on, in the moment, not thinking about stuff, you could actually go broke, uh, break relationships, like I said before, because drugs can affect who you are as a person. Yeah, a lot, there's a lot of things that can happen if you don't pay attention to like uh, the effects of what you think is a coping mechanism for yourself.
0: I'm in total agreement with you, Ange, and you know, seeing that there are so many coping mechanisms that can not only be ta- uh, taxing, sorry, to your pocket, but taxing to your physical health and well-being as well. And with that being said, Savannah, can you help us, basically, all unveil to us what are some underrated healthy coping mechanisms? So basically, healthy coping mechanisms that are deemed weird, or maybe are not fully accepted by society, but actually work?
2: I'd like to say, without a doubt, relaxing. Hear me out. <laughs> There's a guilt that comes with relaxing. So, you know, it, it's okay to take a day off. And even if that's too much, take an hour off. You know, breathe, listen to music, go to the gym, get a massage, sleep on the grass, go for a walk. I, it's It's endless. I feel people like, Underrate the fact that relaxing can have such positive effects to how you, you know, look at certain scenarios. Maybe you needed that hour off just to figure out how to solve a certain situation or how to finish your coursework or how to, you know, call a friend and like catch up, fix a relationship, or mend some bonds and what have you. Like I definitely think relaxing is the most underrated healthy coping mechanism. That can positively impact
3: your mental health. Yeah, I mean, I largely agree. I was going to say, I'd add, when it comes to relaxing, a thought that kind of comes to mind to me is that it's not only when it comes to thinking about relaxing, you think of like accountability as well. So I'm thinking about like family and people around you and stuff like that. Because when I related so much when you said the thought that, at some point, at some point for us personally, we may think that when we're relaxing, we're putting the gas off the pedal and we got to keep it going every single time. I always find the easiest way for me is to make my entire family kind of accountable. The people directly around me and It makes me feel as though my current environment and situation is accepting of me and understands, and also gives me direct feedback of the scenario as well that it is time to take that. Moment to relax, so yeah, I definitely agree with that point, and i'm going to quickly transition over to the next question. Anj, this one will be for you. When is it that you realize that you've been um, triggered or affected by something? any specific emotion, action, or stage you go you go into you,
1: you guys were not joking when you said the questions may be deep. The first thing that comes to mind, I remember that was uh in grade 11 i was feeling bad about myself but it was more you know that part of your life when you like grow up and you start wanting to do whatever you want to do you don't want to listen to your parents anymore and you follow the group so at that point you start acting out and one day when i was emotionally triggered it was when i had to face the consequences of uh, this acting out phase if you know what I mean. Um, back in grade 11, one day I went to school completely drunk. And um, yeah, it was really bad. And something that shocked me, yeah, I wasn't ashamed or anything. I was angry to the fact that people were angry at me. And I feel like that was a coping mechanism for me at the point, now that I think about it. Like, I felt like it was easier than to be angry with all of them and try to put the blame on all of them than actually accepting that what I did was wrong and that I needed to, like, do better. I don't know if you actually get what I'm trying to say. So, like, the coping mechanism for me, like, the bad one that I had before is when I feel attacked or when I feel judged, what I do is, like, just push it back to you. Like, I just try to make, to be, like, angry at you or, like, judge you so that you, so that I feel better about myself and you stop attacking me.
3: And a similar question for you, Savannah. So particularly thinking of this pandemic and what's kind of come up in trends with, you know, people having challenges, mental health and things of that nature. What are some new challenges you've come across and coping mechanisms you've picked up during the pandemic to take on those challenges?
2: I don't know, like I'm, I'm a big ball of emotions. <laughs> so my body tells me exactly what I'm going through. <clears throat> so like my heart rate goes up, I, I feel the need to cry or, like, my palms get a bit sweaty. I, I, sometimes the, the scenarios where I've been in, like, such a heated argument, and it's usually such a pointless situation that I can't comprehend what I'm about to say or what I'm trying to say or what somebody's trying to tell me. So I'm literally there just gibbering around trying to find a way to, like, give low blows here and there. But, like, one way I've, I've learned how to, you know, cope with that is essentially just walking away from the situation, so... <laughs> I've learned how to like, you know, just keep my mouth shut <laughs> and, and walk away from the situation, like breathe, think about it. And then, you know, just text the person and be like, you know, I didn't appreciate the tone that you used on me or, you know, whatever it is that we're talking about, we can, we can talk about it, you know, like adults or if, if that's a term, I feel like adults are really big children that need to be um, handled like children. Actually. So um, I'm just like, you know, text a person, call a person, ask for like, neutral ground, like, let's go for lunch or something. Not everything needs closure. Sometimes you could just leave the situation as is. But in most scenarios, if you feel like the emotions that you felt during that situation were overwhelming, and it's something that needs to be discussed, I 100% encourage people to talk it out. With sort of a calm, sane mind. So I call it calm hospitality. That's what I call it. Because you, you're being hospitable to your emotions, your mental health and your wellness. So do it calmly. We don't have time for radical behaviors going around. So I think that's one thing I've learned like during the pandemic. Like I'm highly emotional, hypersensitive to a lot of things. So I just need to do my calm hospitality to handle my situations the best way I can.
0: Very profound things you've said, Savannah. And ah, just for you, at some point, Savannah mentioned you know turning your your back at some point. Um, to what extent do you think ignorance is bliss when it comes to coping mechanisms? Actually, what's your stance on that statement regarding mental health in general?
1: I think that ignorance is a bliss as a coping mechanism, but I also think that it depends. Um, for example, when like if you are mad, or like the situation she's talking about where you are emotionally triggered by someone or something, walking away from the situation might be the best solution. At least for me, I completely agree with that. That, like, learning how to do that really helped me out a lot in life. But I also feel like being ignorant, like, trying to ignore some problems to be able to feel better, like, wouldn't actually help. Like, I feel like some problems need to be faced head-on. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Let's say, um, sometimes you actually need to, like, attack it right now to be able to like squash the problem but if it's about like a conversation or like with someone like if it's not about you and you have like an issue with someone I believe that Sabana is completely right uh taking time to calm down first and be able to have an like an intelligent conversation with the person is really the best thing to do
0: absolutely I fully agree with you both and you know just to 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 close it off for us how, how long do the good times last? How do you actually guarantee longevity with coping mechanisms or healthy ones?
2: Well, it's a consistent work in progress. There's no, it's like fitness. You go to the gym, you lose weight, you've lost the weight. What are you supposed to do after that? You maintain it. And how are you going to maintain it? You keep going to the gym, keep up with your healthy lifestyle, ETC, ETC. So it's a consistent work in progress. Have friends to keep you accountable be there for yourself as well like anytime you find yourself slipping like don't strive for perfection just strive to be better you know but then again you know like different strokes for different folks (laughs) and not to be an evil auntie or anything but like sometimes just look at yourself and think like am i really taking years out of my life not living like i should as in for real me me shame 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 so I think it's all it's it's a work in progress to be honest and there's no there's no guarantee of how long it will last it's really up to you to guarantee the longevity of your coping mechanisms you could always implement new things if old ones still don't still don't work so it's really up to you.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you, Savannah, for ending us off on like some proper wisdom right there. Um, every way. one of you were so great. Ange, Savannah, JC, thank you for holding us together. Thank you, Ange and Savannah, for being a part of this. This was an amazing episode. Thank you to our listeners
2: that for being both. on
0: this episode. Mind checkers, we encourage you to go out there and share and anything that you've learned from this episode and we strive you to learn together and boldly shake the world
1: thank you so much for listening through to the
2: end if you enjoyed it please like and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform but come on let's do all of them you know
3: there's going to be more exciting episodes to come don't forget to follow us on instagram at mind underscore s-h-a-c-k underscore
0: so see you on the next one